Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. Welcome again to another Wiffle's Press Box Podcast. I'm Gary Wiffle, and I'm happy to be joined by the one and only Jerry Tapp. Hi, Gary. Jerry, I just want to know if you are going to announce tonight that you signed a three-year I don't know, what, $240 million contract? Gary, I'm not going to leave and go to another podcast in another conference. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm way over the salary cap already. <laughs> I don't doubt that. You know, you know, with this high-priced equipment in our this plush studio. Beautiful and, studio we have here. Exactly. You know, at some point, I'm going to have to make that decision. Are you going to go to yeah. you know, the Lakers uh, podcast, or are you going to stay at Wolfel's Press Box? Or? It's, a, it's a business decision. It is. I'll have to check with my family. <laughs> Your agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my family, my, my wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, as you well know, we are in the midst of NBA free agent frenzy, and you kind of figured going into free agency that this would be a wild and wacky affair, and right off the bat, it has been. Some people thought maybe LeBron would drag this thing out a little bit, being the theatrical guy that he is. And I think uh, he learned his lesson from last time. I do too. I mean, this this was well-crafted that he wanted to keep this low-key, and I just can't imagine uh, how Cavalier fans were reacting, although it's nothing like when he went to Miami. I mean, that was like World War III in Cleveland. You know? I think this was somewhat expected. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and if you watched his last two playoff games, he was already signed and delivered for the Lakers. So. Yeah, exactly. And any thoughts on that? Were you surprised that he went to the Lakers? Here's my thought on that. I'll express it in, in maybe in a form of a question. Do you think his decision was a basketball decision, a business decision, a legacy decision? What What do you think was the basis for yeah. good, how good, he made good. his decision? Because I, I have an opinion, but I, I want to yeah, hear you. Yeah, that's a great question. I personally think it was a business decision that uh, he, he's looking down the road. He went to L.A. to be in the Hollywood limelight, you know, music industry, television industry. I don't have any doubts about it. And especially more so now because I really thought he would have a Batman going with him mm-hmm. to L.A. And uh, when Paul George decided to stay in Oklahoma City, that shocked a lot of people around the league. I, I cannot tell you how many people I've talked to around the NBA in the last month or two that said it was a slam dunk that Paul George is going to the Lakers with LeBron. It was already done. In fact, I talked to an executive out out at the uh, Portsmouth Invitational. He said the same thing. He thought it was going to be LeBron, Paul George, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo Anthony, that it was a a package deal for all four of them. So when Paul George didn't go, and I thought, well, you know, who's the other one? I thought maybe Chris Paul might end up over there. He didn't. He went back to uh, the Rockets. I mean, there's still some enticing pieces out there. It's interesting that just with LeBron going to the Lakers, Vegas has now made them, I think it's a 7-2 to two favorite, which is right behind Golden State and Boston. I saw that and I was absolutely shocked because I, I don't think that's the case at all. I, I still think Oklahoma City is going to be better than them. I think San Antonio is going to be better than them. I can only assume that they became a 7-2 to two favorite after they signed JaVale McNee, Lance Stevenson, and 
Raja well, and Rondo. Yeah, right, right. That when those other pieces fell in place, that's when the Lakers skyrocketed up the odds board. Well, it's funny that you mentioned it because uh, my, my good friend from Bovada sent me these odds today. Bovada, if, for the people out there that don't know, is an online gambling website. And they uh, have made the Warriors 21 to 20 odds. How's that for number 21 to 20? 20, wow. Yeah. And then right behind them are the Lakers. I mean, this is unbelievable. Lakers at seven to two, and then you got the Celtics at four to one. You got the Rockets at thirteen to two. Seventy Sixers twelve to one. Spurs fifty to one. Now, I'm wondering if they think Kawhi Leonard's going to end up there because if he leaves, they're like five hundred to one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll be right behind Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen even if they get some young pieces in return. Then Oklahoma City at sixty-one. What I thought was interesting, living here in the uh, Milwaukee area. The Bucks were seventy-five to one odds last month. Okay, they drafted a, a player who I think can help them in Diva Senza. They went from seventy-five to one to what do you think? Uh, thirty to one. A hundred to one. Oh my! They stepped back. Huh? And I thought well, that is very, very interesting. And and the only thing I could speculate is that they feel Jabari Parker is gone. I mean, there's no that doubt about it. And in my mind, too, he's gone in, in some manner, whether it's free agency or signing trade or whatever it would be. But right. very interesting that they would go from 75 yeah. to 1 to 100 to 1. So That's interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, this to me just kind of indicates the greatness of LeBron James, though. Yeah. And to your point, Gary, I, I think the same thing. I think this was a, a decision solely based on looking to what he's going to be doing 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's an executive producer of some TV shows, of movies. What better place to be than L.A.? Sure. You know, if it was a basketball decision, he could have gone a lot of different places than the Lakers. Uh, if it would have been a money decision, he's got all the money that he needs. And it's not a legacy decision either because... Not at all. There's There's already debate on whether he's the greatest versus Michael Jordan. So mm-hmm. this is truly, to me, based on the fact that what is LeBron going to be doing after his basketball career is over? He's setting himself up to just slide into that role. I think he's going to be the second coming of Magic Johnson in L.A. in mm-hmm. terms of an entrepreneur out there in California. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, that's a good observation. You know, it's interesting. Last month, the Lakers were 16-1, to 1, and now they go to... Seven and two, which is basically, you know, three and a half to one. So I mean, right. what what a monumental shift yeah. in odds. But right. uh, this free agency was interesting. Chris Paul gets this crazy contract. Rockets knew it. I mean, you know, four years, one hundred. What was one hundred sixty million, something mm-hmm. like that. Forty million a year. Paul George shocks the world by staying in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Kudos to him. You know. Right. I, I was really happy to see that. I thought, okay, here's another example of. A star leaving a, a small market, and yeah. two, three years from now, Giannis Antetokounmpo will be leaving Milwaukee to go wherever. You know, it's <laughs> like that's that's the NBA. But maybe there are guys that are willing to stay. You know, yeah. Remember Carl Malone and John Stockton, how they were content to be in Utah. I mean, yeah. how many guys would do that? And then Carl Malone ended up with the Lakers for right at the very tail end of his career. Yeah. And then you know the other kind of free agent sign that kind of caught me. I was DeAndre Jordan going to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, and DeAndre Jordan obviously is a very good center. He's going to help them. There isn't any question about that. 
But he is, if I'm not mistaken, 30 years old, or he'll be 30, 30 years old this month. And you look at the roster of the Mavericks, and it's all young guys. I mean, like Barnes and Doncic, who they just drafted. Except for Nowitzki. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> the fossil. Yeah. The, the, the living fossil. But you know what? If Nowitzki has any kind of resurrection yeah. to his career this year and with uh, you know the kid that they drafted sure. and then Jordan, I mean, that could be a, a surprising team. If they, yeah, if they can fit some pieces around I, I guess. Yeah, I, I just don't get that, though. I mean, they got these three young kids who I really like. I mean, they're all nice players, Donchick, Barnes, Smith, and they got a core, and I thought, okay, well, maybe they'll try to add to that, a guy maybe in his mid-20s. Yeah. But DeAndre Jordan is, to me, I, I don't know, 30 years old. Maybe he'll play another four or five years at a high maybe. level. But you but, know. I, but didn't he sign just a one-year contract? Yes, he did. Yeah. And I'm sure that's under the assumption he's going to re-sign with them, you know? Yeah. I just can't imagine that's not already, you know, cut and dried. Right. So then the other uh, free agent saying that uh, kind of raised some eyebrows was Aaron Gordon of uh, the Orlando Magic. He got four years, $42 million, I think it was. I can't remember the exact figures, but he's getting $21 million a year. A year ago, there were people wondering if Aaron Gordon would be nothing better than a rotational player. Yeah. You know, he, he he comes off this really nice season, no question about it. But again, yeah. two years ago, I think he averaged like 12, 13 points, and, and he couldn't get a shot outside of six feet. And it it kind of makes you wonder if some of these second and third tier teams that they they kind of um, dole out this money. Overpay. To, yeah, they overpay these guys because they're afraid that they're going to leave, and they just figure, well, we've got to save face with the franchise by trying to keep them in the fold. I mean, that's what I'm thinking is happening. That's the type of sign I, I think could get people fired. I mean, in Orlando, it's John Hammond and Jeff Weltman who used yeah. to work for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I, I don't know. I, I just have some real reservations about that move. But uh, getting back to the Lakers, can you still see them getting one of these guys like Kawhi Leonard? If he does come to the Lakers, who are the Lakers going to have to give up to get him? Yeah. And, I mean, we talked uh, briefly about it before, but, you know, they signed, the Lakers signed – you know, Lance Stevenson and uh, JaVale McGee right. and Rajon Rondo. I mean, are you going to fit those three guys around LeBron and say this is our team? You know, they might be nice pieces at the 7, 8, and 9 spot on the roster, but I'm not sure that they're the guys that you're going to throw out there in your starting lineup. I, I, yeah, although, you know what? My feeling is they would obviously get rid of Ball and Ingram. And, yeah, although Ball is hurt now. So, right, right. Yeah. So maybe. You think his dad helped uh, <laughs> plan that yeah, saga as well? Uh, yeah, dad's probably not happy that uh, Rajan Rondo is going to be. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, I know. Manning that I, spot I, for a while. I, I totally agree. So, I mean, maybe maybe this is a you know, uh, precursor to a trade, you know, maybe. That, that they're bringing them in. But uh, here, here's the thing about Kawhi Leonard. If I was a general manager, I wouldn't want him. Mm. I know people are saying you're absolutely crazy. The guy is arguably one of the top five players in the league. Some people even think he's one of the top three, you know? Yeah. But there's no way I would touch that guy. And, and my rationale is he played for what I consider to be one of the best, if not the best, sports franchises in sports. Not only the NBA, but sports. I mean, they have done it the right way. Yeah. For over a decade now. And I'm thinking, like, they have never really had issues like this. They've had mm -hmm. some truly Hall of Fame players come through. David Robinson, uh, Tim Duncan. 
you look at all the other guys that are there, Tony Parker, Ginobili, you know, yeah. I mean, you've never, ever heard of this thing happening. And all of a sudden, he doesn't play basically the whole season for most yeah. of the season. And I don't know, to me, a lot of red flags went up when this happened. And to me, it's like, hey, if, if he can't work it out with the San Antonio Spurs, why would he be able to work it out with somebody else? I, I don't know. This, to me, is a bad nightmare that you, you just don't know how it's going to end. You know, maybe, again, there is a trade that works out and he goes somewhere and he kind of, quote-unquote, resurrects his career after sitting for a year. I don't know, but I I guess that's kind of one of those wait-and-see things. Yeah, no, uh, we, I'm sure uh, free agency is going to be quite fascinating for several more weeks. There, there's still some pretty good players out there. Yeah. and You know, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, made a move the other day that was kind of interesting, uh, bringing back uh, Ersan Ilyasova, who uh, began his career in Milwaukee. And I, I remember vividly when he came here, he couldn't speak any English. He had a really tough time making the transition yeah. from Europe to uh, America. Just to see where he is today, it's really been a joy because he is such a good person and he's had a really nice career. Yeah, I mean, he, he really had a nice season with Philly. And I different blogs and articles that I've read just since the Buck signing of him has all been very positive. In fact, a couple of people wrote about how they think it's they love the signing of mm-hmm. Ilya Silva. So, uh, again, it's, he's not. I don't think he's going to step in and you know, give you 20 points and 10 rebounds a game, but he certainly is a guy that can, you know, give you 10 points and five rebounds off the bench and really be a good, solid contributor. And if that's the case, then it's a great signing. The thing I like about it is twofold. One, he automatically becomes the Bucks' best perimeter shooter. Right. Barring uh, the return of Jabari Parker. And two, he is no longer with the Philadelphia 76ers, Right. So, you know, all of a sudden the Sixers lose not a big piece, but they lose a piece. And they lost two pieces because what, Marco Bellini? Bellinelli went to, he, yeah, he left to. He signed to, to go to San, San Antonio. Absolutely. So there's, and he was their sixth man, and you could probably say Ursan was maybe their seventh or eighth guy. So oh, those are two big pieces of their bench. Absolutely. And I don't have the uh, stats in front of me, but. After Philadelphia added both those guys last season, they went on a tear. I mean, it was some crazy I number. Think, like I think twenty-four and two. Or I was going like to say. That. I thought I read something was like twenty-three and five or yeah. twenty-five and three. But well, you're right; it was crazy. Yeah, and both of them are good perimeter shooters. They're both good veterans, good teammates. Yeah, you know they they re-signed Redick. You know, which to me they had to do. Reddick is so important to that team. He, mm-hmm. He's the best perimeter player, the best scorer. Yeah. But, you know, Elias Silva coming to the Bucks, at worst, he's going to be one heck of a player coming off the bench. I mean, Absolutely. He can give you, you know, probably 15, 20 minutes. And, well, 15, 20 minutes. He'll probably give him 20 to 25 minutes. Right. The one thing about Ursan, if you ever put together a all-Milwaukee hardhead team, mm-hmm. he would be on there. You know, yeah. guys like, Quinn Buckner and Paul Mulkeski and Darvin yeah. Ham, you know? Yeah, Frank Brickhouse. Yes. <laughs> I mean, those are guys that came to play yeah. every game. Right. And I think that's going to be infectious, yeah, uh, be. you know, on the Bucks. And the other thing is he played for Budenholzer in Atlanta, and I think uh, that that was good. So yeah. the only uh, issue I have with this is if they think he's going to be their starting power forward, I think that would be a huge mistake. The Bucks would take a step back. And, I would agree. You know, if if they're thinking this is our answer to losing Jabari Parker, for instance, 
to me, that would not be good for the Bucks. No, I think it's a good insurance policy, but I don't think it's the the answer to if if they do lose Jabari Parker. To be honest with you, I did not think anything would happen in the first couple of days of free agency. I thought this would play out. I, I talked to some NBA people, and they thought this could linger, you know, towards the tail end of the month and. Yeah. Uh, all along, I've been saying it's going to be a signing trade. I still think it's going to be a signing trade, and I just think the Bucks are making a major, major mistake. Yeah, I talked to an NBA doctor a couple of weeks ago about Jabari Parker's knee because he's had now two ACL surgeries, right. and the perception is this guy is, you know, a walking time bomb. I mean, you know, there's a risk. Any team that you know signs him yeah. is going to take on that risk. Yeah. And I, I posed the question to, to this doctor, and I said, are you concerned? He goes, not at all. And I go, really? He goes, no, that knee is totally healthy. He said he could blow it out in the first game, or he might not blow it out again. Yeah. But he feels that this knee is stronger than it's ever been. He thinks Jabari Parker uh, was overweight after he had the uh, first surgery. Yeah. And I remember Jabari is up around 245 of 250, something like that. Hmm. And this doctor, who has nothing to do with Jabari's situation, said that he thinks that Jabari keeps his weight around 240, he will not have any issues. He said, yeah. again, it could happen. It could happen to uh, Malcolm Brogdon tomorrow. It could happen to Giannis tomorrow. Right. Yeah. That his situation isn't any different now than any other player. Right. I, I thought that was really fascinating. And, yeah. and it told me like how far modern medicine has really come. Right. Well, I, I want to take this opportunity to pat myself on the back. You overcame two ACLs too? <laughs> no. Uh, Jabari Parker, I think I said on our program about uh, a month or so ago to watch out for the Chicago Bulls coming into the scene. Yes. And I read something this morning about the, the Bulls and Jabari Parker. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I guess there's a possibility that he could end up, you know, hometown guy ends up in Chicago. So. Yeah. I just want to yeah. tell, tell our listeners, refer back about four or five uh, well, episodes. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, if this happens, you get a bump and raise. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, two meals uh, a week. You know? <laughs> two ice cream cones <laughs> yeah. a week instead of one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you got those incentive clauses in our contracts. Exactly. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll tell you what. If I'm the Bulls, I, I pull the trigger on this. Yeah. I really do. And, and, and not only is he consider a hero in Chicago. I mean, people in Chicago love Jabari Parker. Yeah. They love his dad, Sonny, who is like a legend there because he's been working with inner city youth forever. Right. Yeah. And he still is. I mean, he, this is a guy that has no reason to do it. He, he's comfortable in his lifestyle. Yeah. But he still is involved heavily in the community down there. But the other thing is, can you imagine the Bulls had Markinen last year, their top rookie, who I think could be a, a superstar, they got Wendell Carter in the draft, mm -hmm. and then you add Jabari Parker to the mix. They could conceivably have the best young front line in basketball. I mean, that thing would be set, and then all they have to do is tweak their backs backcourt. Back and yeah. you know, two years from now, three years from now, they could be a monster. Right. I mean, because they, they that's a talented front line, and yeah. if I'm the Bulls, I'm definitely all in. And I would imagine you know they, they'd have to do it through a sign and trade. Yeah. And uh, you know who who knows uh, what the Bucks are offering, but yeah. th this whole Parker uh, situation is just utterly fascinating yeah. because now you, you wonder if the Bucks can play hardball and say, 
hey, you know what? We're not going to do a sign-in trade, you know? Yeah. And then Jabari comes back and then decides to play out the season and becomes an unrestricted free agent next year. Yeah. And I guarantee you, like Joan Amoth would guarantee a Super Bowl victory, yeah. he's not coming back to Milwaukee. Right. If he's going to go through a whole season as an unrestricted free agent, there's no way in heck right. uh, he, he's going to do that. So, in your humble opinion, what, what, always humble, always <laughs> humble. What do you think is the time frame for uh, a, de- a decision for Jabari? I don't know. I, I, you know, like again, like I said earlier, that I was told by some NBA people that they thought it would be late July. Oh, that well. once the dust settled and everybody had their yeah. pieces in place, and, and there's still a couple others that yeah. you know teams would get down to business on a sign and trade. So yeah. You know, it, it's interesting, too, because with what the 76ers lost. Yes. And I've seen Jabari Parker's name mentioned quite a bit with Philadelphia. So you kind of wonder if now that Philadelphia has lost Ilyasova and their other... Yeah, other I mean, they wanted Paul George. They wanted LeBron. Yeah. They were swinging for the fences. Yeah. So, you know, is that something where Jabari could end up in Philly? Because he would be a nice piece that... To fill in for those spots that they did. Lose. You know what, Jerry? I wrote about this. I don't know about a week or two for the press box. I listed about six or eight teams that could come into play. Yeah. In Philadelphia, to me, if I was their GM, yeah, I play hardball with the Bucks and give them a, close to a max offer and say, "Hey, you want Jabari Parker? You You're gonna him. pay for it, and yeah. just throw the Bucks salary cap totally out of whack." Right. You know, I mean, it's it's business. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. a big business. So, I mean, nobody's going to fault the Sixers if, if they would do this. No. But if I was their GM, if I was Brett Brown right now, I, I would definitely play hardball yeah. with the Bucks and, and make uh, Jabari a lucrative offer. But, again, I, I think it's going to be a sign-and-trade deal. And uh, The one team nobody has talked about, I, I brought this up in an article the other day, is the Houston Rockets. Mm. And it would not shock me at all if something went down between the Bucks and the Rockets. I've known people in that Houston Rockets organization over the years. Going back before Jamari was drafted, they loved the guy. They loved him as a person. They loved him as a player. Yeah. And uh, they don't seem to be deterred either by this new situation. Yeah. And uh, the Clippers, who I also mentioned in one of my articles, that they made an attempt to trade for Jamari last mm-hmm. year with Blake Griffin. And, and what I was told by uh, two sources is that the Bucks didn't want to pay the money. Yeah for Blake Griffin and make sure that he's going to stay there long term. Yeah. But it tells me that they were ready to trade Jabari Parker, okay? At that time, yeah. <laughs> they didn't have a problem with that, you know? You know, Gary, with the um, what you were just saying about the Rockets, too, um, you know, they lost a key piece to their uh, team, which uh, Trevor Ariza. Yes. You know, so good, good point. Jabari, Jabari Parker would be a nice, you know, fill-in for Trevor Ariza. And I think it's what Clint Capello, their other big man, mm-hmm. I think he's a restricted free agent. But, you know, he had a really good season. You know, he could up and leave. Uh, of course, Houston could match that offer. Sure. But I think Ariza leaving, Jabari could easily fill in that, fit that role. All right, let me throw this at you. Hypothetically, what if the Bucks and Rockets got together and said, hey, Parker for Capello? Mm. I think that'd be fascinating. I, you know what? If I was the Bucks, I would take that trade. To get Capella, I, I was that impressed with him. Yeah, and I'm not opening up any secrets here. I, I'm yeah. a huge Jabari Parker fan. Yeah, and I really believe he is going to be a star player in the NBA yet. Yeah, and uh, I just 
think his uh, potential is off the charts. Yeah. But he, you know, from all indications, there he doesn't want to be back in Milwaukee. Yeah. So if that's the best you can do, and Cabello's not a bad. I, I've actually thought about this myself. I mean, if that's the best player that can get back, that's not all bad. Yeah, and the other part of it too is thinking, you know, what do the Bucks have in terms of a big man in the middle? Correct. It, you know, it addresses one of their biggest Maker, needs. Yes, he was probably going to be in prison. No, I mean. He was involved in After that, that, in that, yeah, in that fight uh, in that international game. Did you see the clips of that, by the way? I, I did. I saw. Did guys you see where, jump, he, where he jumped over. up? Yeah, I thought he was. He was in the uh, long jump. He was running, and all of a sudden he leaps, and I'm, I'm yeah. thinking to him, you know what? Yeah. He should go out and see how far he can long jump. He, <laughs> he looks like he could be an Olympic long jumper. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what to read into uh, what happened with Thon Maker, but that I mean that'll be. Something for another show, but uh, yeah, that's an interesting. I love Thon. I'm, I'm his biggest fan. I think. Yeah. I just think he's like one of the nicest players I've ever dealt with. I think you. Years. I think you've said that on at least seven of our eight programs. And his agent will be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'll be handsomely yeah. uh, rewarded. Yeah, for exactly. So. Uh, yeah. So as we speak, with all these moves, and of course, there's going to be some more coming. Boston and Philadelphia, in my mind, are, are clearly still the best teams in the East. I would agree. Toronto, even, you know, who knows? They could have went to the finals if they didn't run into LeBron. Yeah, they didn't do much in terms of free agency. Right. But maybe that's sometimes the moves you don't make. Correct. Are the, are the good ones. And they brought Van, Van Vliet back, so that, that yeah. was a good move. And I'll tell you what, when I said this before last season, I'll say it again. Washington is my sleeper pick. They got too much talent not yeah. to be... You know, just a run-of-the-mill team. But you didn't, know? They, didn't they trade uh, their center? They did, Gortat. They, Gortat? They, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I liked him. But, but see, and, and you hear rumblings that, hey, they're going to either bring in du uh, Dwight Howard oh. or uh, Cousins even, perhaps. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if they, if they get either one of those guys, I'm going on record, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals next year. And no, nobody's talking about the Wizards, you know. They, they underachieved big time last oh, year. Yeah. But I still have belief that they can be a threat. So that... In my mind right now, the Bucks are the fifth-best team in the East, and there's some other teams that got better in the Eastern Conference, but they're number five unless they make another move. And, and you know what? You, you raise an interesting point, which kind of to take a little detour here. Yeah. With LeBron going to the Lakers, you look at how the power has shifted. I think the power has always been in the Western Conference. For the last decade. Yeah. yeah. But now that you move LeBron over there, and it raises the question, is this the time for Adam Silver and the owners to sit down and restructure the playoff instead of having the first eight in the Western and the mm -hmm. first eight in the Eastern? Um, let me throw out a stat to you. And I, I found this really interesting. Since You know what? I was waiting for you to give me yeah, a stat. I got, you know I, I, mean? gotta, I, gotta I That's earn, your calling card, man. <laughs> i got to earn my money somehow. Somebody was just telling me the other day, what a wizard you are in the stats. <laughs> <laughs> I go, we're not going to say that publicly. You'll yeah, want really. another race. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if you go back to the 2010 season. Okay. Okay, 2010. so the last, what would that be, the last nine seasons of the NBA, there's been 12 teams that missed the playoffs, although they had more wins than the, the last team in the other conference. Okay. Like okay. this year, Denver had 46 wins. Correct. But they were the ninth seed. They had more They had more wins than three different teams. I believe that. I they would have been that. the sixth seed in, in the, in the um, uh, East this year. 
So of those 12 teams that did not make the playoffs, even though they had a better record than a couple of teams that made it in the East, mm -hmm. 11 of those teams were from the Western Conference. There you go. So that shows you the power structure. Sure. And again, that kind of then piggybacks into the whole discussion. Is it time to change the playoff format? And I'm actually thinking about writing a blog for Wolfel's Press Box on my idea for changing the format. Wow. I don't know what you would change it to. Mm -hmm. The one thing I heard was that once you get the teams, the eight and the eight, yeah. that you reseed them. Yes. Okay, that's a simple, sure. you know, so that's a simple, simple approach. Answer. Yeah. I, I think you can even go further than that. But that's, a, again, a discussion for another time. But I'm curious as to your opinion about the playoffs. Do you want to see change? Are you okay with what it is? And I'll preface that by saying I don't think you can change the playoffs in the NFL mm -hmm. and in Major League Baseball because of history and, you know, like the AFC and the NFC mm -hmm. and then just the tradition of National League and American Correct. League and Correct. baseball. But I don't see that tradition in the NBA. And that's why I'm okay with changing the, the playoff format. See, see. So I'll throw it over to you. You have 90 seconds. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll need nine seconds to finish my thought. If not for those separate conferences, the Western Conference, Eastern Conferences, I don't think the NBA would be where it's at today. And I say that because it was always the Lakers and the Celtics. Mm -hmm. And they built up a tradition where, where people were just consumed to see those teams. And throughout the years... And that could come back again. And I think fans in general like seeing that East Coast-West Coast rivalry. Okay. But, but I, I, you know, I, I'm not totally opposed to changing it. But traditionally, I've enjoyed it. And it's been lopsided for the most part because of the Western Conference teams, like you said, yeah. were, were better. But a lot of things in life, as they are in sports, are cyclical. They'll, they'll bounce yeah. back. I mean, yeah. right now, I, I think not so much next year, but the year after, I think the Eastern Conference is on the rebound where they're going to have some good teams. Yeah. So you're of the opinion of that when you get to the finals, there's a representative from the West yes. and a representative from the East. Yeah. And, and I don't like tinkering with tradition, especially okay. like that. You're more but, of a traditionalist. Oh, when it comes to this, no yeah. question about okay. it. But uh, okay. it's certainly good discussion. I mean, I can see where people would be in favor of doing it. Yeah. But uh, me personally, I would stick with the yeah. tried and true format. Well, at least... Tried. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's probably been more discussion only because of the fact of LeBron moving to the West is that there has yes. been such a power shift. You know, in fact, just one other quick item. I was watching the program with Mike Greenberg and Jalen Rose sure. and Michelle Beatles. And Jalen Rose had a chart with the 12 best players in the Western Conference. Yes and the 12 best players in the Eastern Conference. Pretty lopsided. And it was pretty lopsided. Yeah, it was. You know who he had as the number one player in the Eastern Conference? Giannis. Giannis, yeah. 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 But you know who number 12 was? It was uh, Jason Tatum with the Boston yeah. Celtics. Yeah, no, I, I could see that. He would probably wouldn't even be in the top 25 in the Western, in the Western Conference. Yeah, I'll tell you, he's, he's pretty darn good, though. I, I really yeah, like him. Yeah, right. I mean, he, but, you know. but the point being, yes. again, look at the talent pool, and again, because we're at a point where we're having a lot of discussion about this, mm -hmm. I think people are there's going to be some kind of uh, you know, it's going to get ahead of steam, and people are going, Oh, we got to change the playoff format. 
And again, I'm not saying that you have to change it, but it's interesting that there is a lot of discussion, and I think there's going to be more as time goes on. You are correct, sir, as always. <laughs> Well, let's let's say most of the time. <laughs> so uh, can I have that? Uh, can you write that down so I can give it to my wife? <laughs> I might be able to use that. I, I, I'm sure I could do that. Anyways, let's <laughs> let, let's wrap this up. We went uh, into triple overtime today. Okay. Doing this, but uh, it was fun. There was there was just a lot of topics to cover, and uh, I thought we stuff. covered them pretty thoroughly. So, yeah. thank you uh, for joining us again tonight, Jerry. Thank you for inviting me. You have an open invitation, my man. <laughs> and thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be talking again soon. Take care. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com.